March 30th, the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 40, through chapter 9, verse 6. On the other side of the lake, the crowds received Jesus with open arms, because they had been waiting for Him. And now a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell down at Jesus' feet, begging Him to come home with Him. His only child was dying, a little girl twelve years old. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. And there was a woman in the crowd who had a hemorrhage for twelve years. She had spent everything she had on doctors and still could find no cure. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus told him, No, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that Jesus knew, she began to tremble and fell to her knees before him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him, and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from Jairus' home with the message, Your little girl is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just trust me, and she will be all right. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, John, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She is only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, Get up, my child! And at that moment her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. One day Jesus called together his twelve apostles and gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the coming of the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Don't even take a walking stick, he instructed them nor a traveler's bag, nor food, nor money, not even an extra coat. When you enter each village, be a guest in only one home. If the people of the village won't receive your message when you enter it, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave. It is a sign that you have abandoned that village to its fate. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. You are more sinful than you ever thought you were. And you are more loved than you ever dreamed you could be. The beauty of that statement is that it doesn't become unrealistic at either end. Not the sin end or the grace end. Your sinfulness, which is worse than you think, is paid for at infinite cost. And God's valuing you is a free gift of grace 
that you don't deserve, but he delights to give. That's why he gives. He wants to value you. And so go ahead and let yourself see the fullness of your sin. But with every glimpse, remind yourself of the infinite cost that was paid so that you don't dishonor the beauties of the Lord's sacrifice by holding on to the guilt that he paid to remove. And every time there's the slightest sense, he loves me, he values me, he's taking me into his family. Don't let that produce a big hit. It it won't because you don't deserve any of that. It is a free, blood-bought gift of grace overflowing from the heart of God. You didn't earn it, you didn't constrain it, but he loves to give it. Now, God's disapproval of our imperfections, which are real and daily, is never a contempt for us. His disapproval of things in us is never contempt. So Hebrews 12 speaks of discipline, right? And what are the words used to describe that? For the Lord disciplines the one whom he loves and chastises every son he receives. And Proverbs that's being quoted here is even stronger. The Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Those things feel separate to most of us, and so we have to reschool ourselves with texts like this for God's children. Even while he is spanking them, even while there is a frown of disapproval on a behavior or an attitude, he never holds them in contempt. He never ceases to love them. He never ceases even to delight in them as his children. So let's dwell on the wonders of grace. Let every sense of unworthiness send you higher into orbit of praise for the infiniteness of the price paid for you. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. O Lord, you are my refuge. Never let me be disgraced. Rescue me, save me from my enemies, for you are just. Turn your ear to listen and set me free. Be to me a protecting rock of safety, for I am always welcome. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many, because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him. For there is no one to help him now. O God, 
Don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on those who accuse me. May humiliation and shame cover those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power, for I am overwhelmed by how much you have done for me. I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just and good. O oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I have constantly told others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O God. I will sing for you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have redeemed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long. For everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 5 through 7. The plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush. But the words of the godly save lives. The wicked perish and are gone. But the children of the godly stand firm.